1: Hi, I'm Dr. Lori Hess, Director of Pet Health and Nutrition at Prime, and today you're listening to podcast number 23: Grooming My Avian Companion. This is a really important topic because we all have birds, and we all need birds to be groomed. And people don't think about that. They think of grooming as a dog or a cat issue. Um, we bring our dogs and cats to be groomed, to have their nails trimmed, to have their coats brushed out, and we don't really think about grooming in the sense of nail trimming or wing trimming for a bird. And birds do need professional grooming. I mean, whether you do it at home or you bring your bird to the veterinarian or to the breeder or to a pet store, birds do need to be groomed. Um, The types of grooming that we talk about with birds, certainly, first of all, Um, I did want to talk about beak trimming because we do get a lot of questions about beak trimming. Um, Typically, you know, birds in the wild will grow their beak. There's a bone underneath. There's hard protein on the surface, uh, which is keratin, and birds in the wild and birds in captivity grow their beak. But in the wild, birds are using their beaks to climb trees and to crack open hard nuts and seeds and other hard food items, and they do wear down their beaks a little more quickly than birds who are sitting in cages not eating those food items and not flying around and grabbing trees and climbing. Typically, birds, though, will not need to have their beaks trimmed unless there's some sort of pathology going on. Uh, So if birds are... um, you know, uh, having liver disease or another problem, their beaks can suddenly overgrow. So if you do see that on your bird, you definitely want to bring your bird to the veterinarian to be checked out. But birds will have normal beak growth and depending upon what type of bird you have, some birds have very large beaks. Um, I had a Cape Parrot for a long time. Um, If you've ever seen a Cape Parrot, you know that their beaks are very, very large. Their upper beak in particular, we refer to it as almost like the Roman nose of beaks. While there are other birds that are tiny in beak, Uh, like finches have little tiny beaks. So you should get to know what a normal quote-unquote normal beak looks like for your particular bird type. Um, If you suddenly again see it looking abnormal, very large, and very long, that is an indication there's a problem and it does need to be trimmed but it also needs to be investigated to determine why it has gotten so long. Um, Birds use that beak as a third appendage. Remember, they don't have uh, fingers or hands on their wings, so they'll use their feet to climb and they'll use their beaks to climb and the more that a bird climbs around with the beak, the more they'll wear it down. But, um, you know, typically birds will not need to have their beaks trimmed. So when people ask me about, you know, trimming off the pointy end of their bird's beak, I typically don't do that unless it's really, really sharp and uh, the bird is at risk of breaking it off when they grab onto the cage and they try to climb. Most birds have a pointy beak and that's normal. Again, if you notice a big change in your bird's beak very suddenly, that is an indication that there's a problem and you should definitely have it checked out by your veterinarian. So enough about beak trimming. I want to talk a little bit about nail trimming. Um, birds have nails that grow, just like ours grow, um, and dogs and cats grow, and they do need to be trimmed. How often they need to be trimmed depends on a few things. Certainly genetics plays into how often a bird's nails need to be trimmed. You know, different people's nails grow at different rates. The same is true of different types of birds. Um, the other thing that plays into it is diet to some degree. Birds that are getting a good balanced diet and are... Uh, Uh, getting good protein in their diet will turn over the nail tissue quickly they'll grow new nails pretty quickly because we know that the outer surface of the nail uh, over the bone underneath is keratin protein like the beak um, and they will grow nails quickly Um, younger birds that are developing a lot of tissue quickly and growing often will grow their nails quickly too Um, And the other thing that plays into how quickly nails grow is the surface in which the birds are standing So the types of perches they stand on again birds in the wild are flying from uh, rough rough surface to rough surface on tree uh, Branches and bark um, On shrubs on the ground and they'll wear down their nails quickly Um, If your bird stands on a lot of soft surfaces like braided perches Which I do like in some way because they're not abrasive to the feet They may though grow their nails more quickly some people like to have a more abrasive perch in the cage one of the sort of concrete perches that helps wear down the nails and that's fine as long as you provide other surfaces for your bird to get off of that are not rough like wooden dowels or Uh, the braided perches, all of those things are great, and the idea is to provide different diameter perches so that your bird is not always putting the same pressure on the bottom of his or her foot um, where he could develop a sore. Now, if you start to see your bird's nails get long, they'll often curl around. Um, The worst situation is when they curl around and they dig back into the bottom of the foot, and that's certainly an overgrown nail that should be trimmed. Um, If the bird's nails look very, very pointy or they have a very significant curve, that's usually an indication they need to be trimmed. And obviously, if you handle your bird and you see that the nails are pointy, they're uncomfortable to you when the bird walks on you, um, they're getting caught on the braided perches or on your clothing if the bird is on you, that's an indication they need to be trimmed. Typically, most birds will need nail trims every few months. Some need nail trims every few weeks. If your bird does stand on a lot of harder, rougher surfaces, it may not be you know more than a couple of times a year um it really just depends on all of those factors i mentioned but birds do need nail trims now in terms of nail trimming you can um, use different things depending upon the size of your bird different utensils to trim your bird's nails so you can use um, a little teeny baby nail clipper or a human nail clipper for an adult depending upon if you have a very small bird or a medium-sized bird Um, and you can also use um, even little emery boards if you have a tiny tiny bird like a finch or a canary Um, You can use other tools like a Dremel drill, that rotating rotary drill, you know, you can pick those up in most Home Depots, Um, and there are special little tips on the end that rotate quickly, little emery board tips, and those are used for um, bigger birds, Uh, so depending upon what type of bird you have will determine the type of utensil that you use. some people are comfortable doing this at home, and other people are not. Um, you can train a bird with food; typically, works well to let you touch his foot and give him a teeny piece of uh, treat that he doesn't get at any other time. You know, whether it's a nut, a piece of pasta, a piece of fruit, um, a little bit of seed, a sunflower seed, depending upon you know what type of bird you have and and what his or her food preferences are. You can train your bird to have you touch that toe, give a treat. Then eventually, you can take your utensil, whether it's the emery board, the, you know, the uh, nail clipper, or the dremel drill, and then eventually touch the, the utensil to the toe and then give the treat. And you can work on this to the point that the bird actually will let you touch the toe in anticipation of the treat and actually trim the nail in anticipation of the treat. This can take weeks to months to train. Um, some birds are not amenable to this, so don't be frustrated if your bird just doesn't want you to touch his feet, that's okay. But some birds are okay with this and it does take some time and you typically will have to spend a few minutes training either, you know, five minutes in the morning, five minutes in the afternoon, over weeks to months to get your bird to accept this. But again, don't be frustrated if your bird doesn't accept this. My birds don't accept this and I have to have help when I trim my na- bird's nails as well. So typically the way we do it in the animal hospitals, we have one person holding the birds safely in a towel so they can't flap around and injure themselves. And the other person has two hands free, one to hold the toe in question and, and the other to use whatever utensil we're trimming with. And we do a nail at a time and we look to see the bird's stress level. If they're very stressed, we'll do a nail or two and stop and put the bird down and continue in a few minutes or continue on another day if the bird is very stressed. So that's typically what we do. Um, I know that, um, Pet stores will do this sometimes as a service. I just caution you that, you know, there are some wonderful pet stores where the people are very, very educated in how to do this, but you wanna make sure that whatever utensil they're using to trim your bird's nails, um, that they wash that utensil and sterilize it in between birds so that they're not using the same utensil from bird to bird to bird. It'd be like you going to get a manicure and, you know, in a professional salon and they never clean the utensils and that's kind of disgusting and germs can be spread from, you know, one animal to the next just just like they would be from one person to the next and that's how disease is spread. Remember birds are walking through poop and everything else and there's all kinds of bacteria and other items, parasites on their toes potentially and, and you don't want to have that spread from bird to bird. You also want to make sure that they're gentle in handling your bird. Whoever is handling that toe and holding on to that foot has to move with the bird when the bird tries to pull away that toe or that leg or they can really damage the bird. They can break a toe, they can pull the toenail off, they can actually even break a leg and I have seen that. So you you do want to have people that are trained and and comfortable and really know what they're doing or you can really injure the bird and you know I, again most avian veterinarians are very comfortable with this they will teach you if you want to be taught um, some birds are really easy to manage at home and others are not i know personally you know i don't take it personally myself because i need help trimming my bird's nails and that's it and i have you know i have birds that are over over 20 years old and, and every few months I have to have someone come over to my house and help me, one of my colleagues trim my own bird's nails. Um, and that's the way it goes. So you just want to be safe about it. and you know again, it's probably every few weeks to few months depending upon um, you know your, all the factors that we talked about, diet genetics and surfaces uh, on which your bird is standing. Um, so that's enough about nails the other topic I wanted to talk about today was wing trimming now this is very controversial um, some people believe in wing trimming others do not we know you know birds in the wild fly around and it would be wonderful if every bird who is kept as a pet a companion bird had the opportunity to fly around at home safely um, unfortunately and we've talked about hazards in the ha- in the home before with flying this is not always the case um, birds I see every year fly out windows and doors that are open into closed windows into mirrors they don't see I see them fly into ceiling fans I I see them fly unfortunately into the mouths of cats and dogs that think they're a plaything I see them get trampled on um, as they try to land um, by kids who are not paying attention I see them fly into open flames uh, like the fireplace or a candle or, or boiling pots of water or hot cups of coffee so if you're gonna let your bird fly free you do need to supervise the bird and you need to make sure that the room is completely bird-proofed and safe for the bird to be out and flying. Um, Birds that fly typically have more developed muscle mass and it's great for them because it's exercise and we all need exercise and we know that birds get atherosclerosis or cholesterol deposits in their arteries which predispose to strokes and heart attacks just like they do in people so having them exercise is a really great thing and flight is a great way to exercise but again you have to take take all those precautions. Now, if you live in a house where you can't take all those precautions, where you know you have children or you have other pets and it's not safe, I am a proponent of wing trimming. The good thing about wing trimming is that it's not a permanent thing. Wing trimming is like a haircut. Um, feathers, as long as you stay away from blood feathers, and we'll talk about those in a minute, um, those are the feathers that are filled with blood when they first emerge from the feather follicle, when they first come out. As long as you stay away from the blood feathers, cutting a wing or trimming a feather um, does not uh, cause any pain. Um, It's like cutting hair, and it will grow back. It will take weeks to months to grow back. Um, Remember that birds uh, molt feathers uh, sequentially, so they're not losing all their feathers at one time. If they did that in the wild, they would be eaten by a predator. But typically, the wing feathers will come out, um, one on each side simultaneously. Now, the feathers of the wing are named the primary feathers, which are on the outermost part of the wing, and the secondary feathers, which are closer to the body. And so a bird will lose, say, one primary feather on one wing and another primary feather on the other wing simultaneously when they're molting. So it's a slow process when they molt. Um, So if you do trim wing feathers, you know they will grow back and you will need to trim them again very slowly. Um, In terms of the actual process of trimming, this is something that I do recommend that you have two people to do, one person to hold the bird and the other person to have hands free, one to extend the wing. I typically will hold at the, the wrist, which is the left Last joint that you see on the wing as you extend it and then using use the other hand to use a sharp scissor that will cleanly cut the feather. So um, you can train some birds, and this is rare, but you can do this, just as you can train them to allow you to touch their toes, you can train them with a a favorite food item to touch their wings. And again, the idea is that the bird sits on a perch and you touch the wing first, you give them a food treat. And as soon as they're comfortable letting you do that, you extend the wing and then you give them the food treat. And then you bring the scissors up to the wing and then you give them the food treat and you just practice this. And then eventually you you actually cut a feather and then cut more than one feather. Each time you give the food treat for the bird allowing you to just do a little bit more. You So you're raising the bar, or upping the ante. This kind of training typically is weeks to months and not all birds are amenable to this. I cannot do this with my own bird but there are some birds I've met that, that will allow this who are very comfortable with being touched. Um, that's great if you can do that. If you can't then having a professional like a, an avian veterinarian or a breeder or a pet store do this for you is, is very safe. You just have to make sure the person really knows what they're doing. Now that means that whoever is extending the wing, if the bird tries to pull the wing back in quickly, that person moves with the bird so that you don't break the bird's wing. So you have to kind of go with the give of the wing, move back and forth and don't force the bird if he's really struggling. You may have to do one or two feathers and then stop and then come back later or come back on another day if the bird gets frustrated. There are lots of different ways to trim trim wings. Um, I typically will trim the outermost primary feathers, the outermost five primary feathers so the outermost feather is the the last primary feather and then the second to last is, is cl- next closest into the body and then the next closest in so those outermost feathers of the wing are the primaries. I will typically trim in sort of a circular pattern so the shortest that I trim is the very outermost feather. The next one into the body I leave it a little bit longer and a little bit longer so that it forms sort of an arc And I never trim above the level of the very short feathers that you can see um, inside the wing. So when you extend the wing and you look inside the wing, you see these little overlying short feathers there. I don't trim. I stay below that level. If you trim a bird's wings too short on both wings, they will drop like a bomb when they try to jump off a surface and they will potentially injure the muscle of their keel. They'll split the keel. They can jam their tails. And this is particularly true of heavy-bodied birds like Amazon parrots or African greys or cockatoos or eclectus, macaw. So you can trim wings safely in these birds, but you do have to leave them a little bit longer and realize that the goal is for the bird to jump off a surface and glide safely to the floor, but not get lift to be able to sail around. And remember that you know your bird's feathers are going to turn over. They're going to grow back. So So you just need to keep track of the fact that if you see some primary feathers coming back um, you want to certainly keep track of whether they fly and if you're ever going to take your bird outside you want to test fly that bird inside if you've trimmed his wings and I do believe that you should not take your birds outside if their wings are not clipped. Even in those flight suits and the leashes that they make for birds they get out and they fly away. So I do think if you are going to take your bird out at all outside and there's potential for him to escape you should trim wings. Um, and test every time you go outside. Just a little quick test inside to make sure that the bird's feathers have not grown back and that he can't get away from you. Um, So this is the way to do it. Now we mentioned a little bit before Um, As I said, that there are many different ways to trim wings, and this is just one simple way. Some people um, will leave the outermost two primary feathers, the very outermost feathers, intact because it looks more cosmetic. It looks nicer when the birds fold their wings down. I'm not a big fan of that because I think that if they grow back one more primary feather, they can fly all over their place. So, and sometimes you don't know when that's going to happen. So, I do trim all the feathers, uh, you know, all of the last five primary feathers as I described on both wings and I don't do just one wing because I have known birds to jump off and with their intact wing all the feathers intact the untrimmed wing they will fly around in a circle and spiral to the ground and become injured so I I do trim both wings um, simultaneously Um, I mentioned before blood feathers so blood feather is the new feather that emerges from the feather follicle and pushes out the old feather when a new feather comes in it is filled with blood in the shaft Um, you can see it the straw part of the shaft there instead of being clear it's filled with blood and as the feather matures and opens up and pushes through the blood recedes so it becomes a mature feather that looks clear in the middle when there is blood in the middle Um, And you cut it. If you were to cut that feather, it would bleed profusely. And if you've ever had a bird break a blood feather, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, If this should happen to you at home, if the bird breaks a blood feather, you want to put pressure on it with a paper towel, some cotton or some gauze at the end of the bleeding feather and just hold it there. It should clot. If it doesn't, you can use styptic pencil or styptic powder, if you have that in the house, just to clot it. And then later on when it's clotted, you don't want the bird to ingest that. So you can just gently rinse it off, you know, several hours later when the when the um clot has formed um or if you don't have any of those things in the house, you can use uh, cornstarch or flour at the bleeding end of the feather. You can even melt a, a candle really quickly and put some warm wax into the end or even soap if you have nothing else. So those are home remedies that you can stop a blood feather from bleeding if you happen to hit one. And when you're trimming, um, I, I don't like to trim uh, feathers on either side of a blood feather and just leave that blood feather just sticking out like that. So you do want to have some feathers on either side protecting that blood blood feather um, just to protect it so that it doesn't you know if it smacks it doesn't break and and there's some cushioning around it by the other feathers but if you do have that blood feather bleeding now you know what to do if if I see a bird in the hospital who has blood feather bleeding like that um, I will actually pull it at the base of the feather with the bird sedated or under anesthesia I don't recommend that you do that because it's very painful these feathers are anchored in bone um, and while it's nice to stop the bleeding quickly it is very painful to birds so I don't recommend that it is something safe for a veterinarian to do, um, with the right pain relief and sedation. So, um, again, wing trimming is controversial. It's a big topic. I've had many discussions about it. It's really specific to your bird's situation. Just remember if you do trim wings, they will grow back. This is not a forever thing. And, um, you know, it just depends on what your situation is, where the bird lives, and, you know, how much flight the bird can do safely at home without becoming injured in any way. Um, so I hope that this these have uh, answered all the things we've talked about today, have answered all your questions regarding grooming. It is an important topic. Um, just remember that um, as we go through each of these podcasts, um, you you can go on to our supreme Facebook page, where we're going to have posts before every show where you can ask me specific questions, whether it's about grooming or anything else um, about your bird. And you'll also see some sneak peeks to episodes there you may have missed. So, as you listen to Zoo Nation, please visit the Facebook page, and if you do have any questions, you can also contact us at 1-800-345-4767, or at com. I also wanted to mention that um, we do get questions, and I, I wanted to mention that Chris S. from Kansas uh, did ask, how do you reduce a cockatoo's desire to pluck her chest? Plucking is a really important topic, and I do wanna spend some time on it. Um, There are so many reasons for plucking, and some of them are behavioral, some of them are reproductive from sexual frustration, some of them are from being painful because they have a medical condition, and the answer is to have your bird checked out by a veterinarian if this should occur. Um, so be sure that if your bird is plucking um, that you have that bird checked out immediately by your veterinarian and certainly if it's mutilating its skin you want to rush a little quicker to the vet and have that checked out but many many birds pick and unfortunately many cockatoos pick so i hope this has answered your question and i look forward to you tuning in again to zoo nation this is dr Lori hess thank you for listening
0: thank you for listening today Dr. Lori Hess is a leading exotic animal veterinarian with a busy veterinary practice in Bedford Hills, New York. If you need more information on any Supreme product or have questions for Dr. Lori, go to our website at www.zupreme.com where you can contact us.